At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome into a new week, live right here on Football Full Circle, all across the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius XM Channel 159. He is the mastermind of the pigskin. That would be Joe Lisi. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on FFC to start off this new week. Lisi, how was your weekend? Did you enjoy the football that you saw? Oh, great games, right? Great games on the college side and great action uh, on the NFL side. We saw some teams like Cincinnati step up, Tennessee as well in terms of divisional game over Indianapolis, and teams like Green Bay still struggling right now. It's amazing to think that the Green Bay Packers have lost three straight games and Aaron Rodgers and the offense searching for answers. Searching for answers, I'm not sure they're going to find, Joe Lisi, unless it's give Aaron Jones the football more. 12 rushing attempts for only 38 yards as a team yesterday. It's a bad time in the Bay for both Green Bay and Tampa Bay, Joe. We'll get to what is wrong with some teams around the National Football League. How big of trouble are these teams in, and how do they get out of these slumps? We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But, Joe, we start with your favorite team, the Miami Dolphins, at home last night in South Beach on a Sunday night hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was a big game for two quarterbacks out of concussion protocol in both getting the start yesterday. Tua Tungabailoa returning for the Miami Dolphins and the rookie Kenny Pickett on the other side for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And early and often, Joe, it was Tua and that Dolphins offense delivering. It went pretty stale later on in the game. But the Dolphins do win, Lisey, 16-10 on a Sunday night in South Florida, not covering as a seven-point favorite. But, Joe, with Tua Tungabailoa as the starting QB this year for your Finns, they were perfect 4-0 straight up. Yeah, I mean, it was a, a, a solid performance, right? Not dynamic, but he did enough to get the win. The biggest thing for me is that they got the running game going. Average 4.1 yards per carry. They were able to sustain some drives in the second half, and that defense stepped up. Um, Pittsburgh driving in the fourth quarter. They made enough plays to get off the field and, and preserve the victory, and that's what it's all about. If this team is going to take the next step and in order to challenge maybe for an AFC East title or obviously a wild card. They're going to have to run the football better. And that's what I wanted to see last night. Mostert got involved, but if they can average four yards per carry the rest of the way, they're going to be very difficult to beat, and that'll preserve their defense as well. So only time will tell. They're back on the winning way, snapping a three-game losing streak, and we'll see if we can keep the, uh, the train rolling in week number eight. 
And we'll see how that all plays out because, Joe, it is fascinating when you look at this Dolphins team. They were the last unbeaten side in the AFC, starting off a perfect 3-0. And at that point, following week number three, Joe, minus 360 were the Dolphins to make the postseason, who entered the year something around a plus 140 price. And what we all expected to be an incredibly competitive AFC, the Dolphins were on the outside looking in. Now, one thing told, the AFC has not been nearly as good as we anticipated it might, but the Dolphins were Progressing in a positive manner. But of course, without Tua Tungavailoa, they dropped three straight games. They entered last night even 500, three and three. But they get that fourth victory. And with Tua Joe, the odds reflect that optimism. They're now minus 162 again to make the postseason. Lizzie, as you evaluate your Dolphins, what do you think their ceiling is with a healthy Tua Tungavailoa, knowing what this offense is capable of? Well, I mean, yeah, I, I don't want to say championship because I don't think their defense is up to snuff in that regard, but I think they could get to at least the second round. Now, anything's possible depending upon matchups, but at the end of the day, are they as complete as Kansas City, maybe, or Buffalo at this point? I don't think they are. So, I think mm-hmm. they're a step under where both of those teams are right now. Critical. The, the, the mark of a great team is that you can win on the road, right? And win on the road consistently. I don't know if I've seen enough out of Miami after seven weeks that I can make that assessment right now. So I would say right now, second round, they could definitely be there. But obviously the first part is you have to get there first. Let's worry about the regular season. But again, I still think it's Buffalo, Kansas City, and then everyone else. And I would throw in Cincinnati too, Ben. The way they played yesterday, they're back on form. I think they're as good Mm -hmm. as any offense in the AFC right now. Yeah, the Bengals right now certainly tuning on the offensive side of the football they push to an over yet again and they end the perfect unbeaten streak for the Atlanta Falcons covering numbers. Atlanta was the last team in the NFL to be perfect against the spread. 6-0 ATS entering yesterday. Booked as an underdog in all six of their games make it seven straight as a six and a half point dog on the road in Cincy but Joe you mentioned it all week long. When would be that opportunity because even the best cover teams have to go down at a certain point. It was yesterday in Cincinnati. The Bengals cover Covering as a six and a half point favorite in Joe Burrow, Joe 34 42, 481 through the air and three touchdowns. Also added 20 yards on the ground and a rushing score. He is the only quarterback now, Lisi, in NFL history to have multiple games where he has compiled 500 scrimmage yards and four total touchdowns. You call him Joey Silk for a reason. Yeah, and obviously this team was written off after they lost their first two games, right? Ah, oh, one-hit wonder. Well, they're, they're turning some heads now from an offensive perspective. They're going to be there every step of the way, Ben. Four and three this year for the Cincinnati Bengals, tied with the Baltimore Ravens for the top spot in the AFC North. It's still Baltimore, though, Joe, surprisingly maybe, a minus 160 odds-on favorite to win the division. The Bengals might have some value at plus 170. We'll continue our conversation, recapping the weekend of the NFL, up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 
21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We are back on FFC Live right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, Joe Lisi, let's continue going around week number seven of this NFL season and your Sunday slate. Joe, something is wrong with Tom Brady. And something is certainly wrong with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For the second straight week, booked as a nine and a half point favorite or higher, the Bucs don't just not cover a number, Lisi. They lose outright. Two weeks ago on the road in Pittsburgh, they were a nine and a half point favorite. They lose that football game outright. But everything was going to be fine. Tom was going to figure it out. He's brushing off retirement rumors. Do not worry. Do not count the goat out, right? Well, not what we saw yesterday in Charlotte between the Panthers and the Buccaneers. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Joe, booked as a 13-and-a-half point favorite against the Carolina team with an interim head coach, a backup quarterback in P.J. Walker, who just traded their franchise player in Christian McCaffrey. It seemed they were actively tanking in the middle of a season. And the Panthers don't just win because of a fluky extra point or something like that. They dominate the Bucs, Joe. They went 21-3 outright as a 13-and-a-half point favorite. So, Lee, what is wrong with Tampa Bay? Well, I think it's twofold. I think first is the defense. Like for Todd Bowles in that defense, they've taken a little bit of a step back because that Carolina offense is absolutely pedestrian and pathetic. So what was the game plan going in that P.J. Walker and, and the Panthers without Christian McCaffrey were able to put up 21 points on your defense? That's the first cause of concern. On the offensive side of the ball, every throw for Tom Brady is short to intermediate. He averaged 5.9 yards per per pass uh, completion yesterday. Think about that. Five, That's that means he's throwing underneath coverage, which means that he's not having the explosive plays over the top, and it's twofold. One, I think the running game isn't as consistent with Leonard Fournette and the offensive line. It's putting them into predictable third downs. That's allowing defenses to have an edge, and that's why he's checking down to secondary wide receivers. And on the flip side, you had a big drop out of Mike Evans, right, where he did have the potential chunk play over the top and he's he's being trouble with drops so that's the problem with uh, Tampa Bay right now but they also have a mental block they they better get off their ass and figure it out otherwise they're not even going to win the division this year and Joe that's the fascinating thing about where Tampa Bay is right now they are three and four they are below 500 they are struggling mightily they scored three points yesterday they did not score an offensive touchdown against the Carolina Panthers and you're right Joe for an offense that was averaging 13.7 points per game the last three weeks and seemingly got worse without Christian McCaffrey to put up 21 against the Bucks defense that entered yesterday as the fifth best scoring unit defensively in the NFL mind-boggling but the Bucks Joe still three and four. 
and still tied for the top spot in the NFC South. And maybe even more fascinating, Joe, minus 270 still as a heavy odds-on favorite to win that division on the FanDuel Sportsbook. There is something, Joe, when you look at that price, to say that the Buccaneers are expected to figure it out based on the power ratings of what Tom Brady can be with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team that we have seen have success each of the two years he has been the quarterback in Tampa Bay. But there's also the idea, Joe, the NFC South just stinks, and Tampa, because of that, might be benefited this blessing where if they go 8-9, and nine, they still might be a divisional champion and get to host a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, I, yes, I think they will make the playoffs somehow, some way. But at the end of the day, or if we're expecting them to challenge for a Super Bowl title up against potentially the Bills or the Chiefs in the AFC right now, I don't think they stand a chance the way that offense is playing. I mean, that's the problem. Yeah. I mean, you know, they might get there, but I think they're one and done the way they're playing right now. It would be right. a different uh, animal if the defense was at least, let's say, playing lights out and, and could carry this team but we don't even have that right now so those are the concerns and and be, how long before they all start pointing fingers you know we saw Tom lace into the offensive line last week in Pittsburgh now another pedestrian type of performance where they don't even score a touchdown if he starts getting on everybody how long before that team implodes and then that falls on Todd Bowles to turn things around so it's not a good situation right now for Tampa Bay Tom is not used to this and I at the end of the day they're going to expect him to step up his play and I don't know I really don't know right now there's no identity from an offensive perspective that is a huge cause of concern entering week number eight Lizzie, that's the thing, and you brought it up right there. It's not so much what are they going to do if they make it to the postseason. I don't even think that's a conversation right now. It's can the Buccaneers be a playoff team, which is a crazy thing because they had the best odds of any team in the National Football League to make the postseason before the year got started. Their minus 270 price to win the division is still substantially favored unless you see the path to the playoffs. They're minus 260 still to make the playoffs. It's actually 10 cents worse than their number to win the division, and of course, if you win a division in the National Football League, you get that berth into the postseason. But Joe, this is an NFC team in the Buccaneers that was the favorites to win the conference before the year got underway. They're now 7-1, to one, tied for the fourth best price. We'll get to the struggling NFC right here, right now, because not only were the Bucs favored, Joe, the team that was tied for the second best price, the Green Bay Packers, are now 14-1 to one after being plus 500 before the year got started. Tom Brady and his Bucs, 3-4. and four, The first time a Tom Brady-led team has been under 500 at this point of the season since 2002 and the Green Bay Packers Joe also just 3 and 4 a game below 500 you mentioned they've lost three straight games all of them booked as a favorite including this past weekend against the Washington Commanders outside the nation's capital a four and a half point spread in favor of Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and Joe yet again they do not win they do not cover they are just 1 in 4 against the spread as a favorite this year a disastrous disastrous beginning to the season for Aaron Rodgers in the pack. Yeah, it really is. Another team with no identity, right? Without Devontae Adams in that lineup, they look lost. They they don't throw the football the way they did. Again, Aaron Rodgers a good day, over 200 yards but at the end of the day, he didn't get the victory so what does it matter? Their running game isn't consistent. They have a one-two punch but again, they don't have an identity in the sense, okay, are we a ground and pound offense and we work off a of play action or do we put the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands and then once we jump up 
up and establish the passing attack, then we run the football. I think that is the identity right now with with Green Bay. They have a, a, a major problem, and that falls on the floor, and that falls on Aaron Rodgers to figure it out because that's the, the contradiction in styles. I think LaFleur wants to run the football first where Rodgers says, you know what, give me the give me the rock and let me put it in the air, but he doesn't have the confidence in the wide receivers right now. So again, I don't know because if you're betting on Green Bay laying points each and every week, you're taking your own risk in your hands because they don't cover numbers anymore. No, and they were one of the best cover teams in the National Football League a season ago. We're tied for the best mark in the NFL in terms of covering games during the regular season. 12-5 and five against the spread. In fact, the Cowboys might have been 13-4 and four against the number. Those numbers a little bit skewed by the playoff stats that we have there as well. Joe, you mentioned it. An okay day for Aaron Rodgers, but not good by any means, especially based on his standard. My biggest thing, though, still, Lisi, they got the ball to Aaron Jones eight times in the passing game, but they only ran the football 12 times for 38 yards. There is no simplification there, as Aaron Rodgers would like for his offense. There is no balance there, as Aaron Rodgers would probably like for his offense. Nothing is working for the Green Bay Packers, and they thought were they were thought to maybe rely on their defense while they figured some things out without Devontae Adams, but they certainly haven't done that as well. So the Packers are not the favorites in the NFC North anymore. The Minnesota Vikings, who were on a bye, Joe, are a 5-1 and one football team and heavily favored to win this division, minus 550, the best price of any team in the NFC to win a division at the moment. You were all over that before the year got underway. We keep it going around the National Football League. Up next here on Football Full Circle. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We are back on Football Full Circle. Let's go around the NFL, Joe. Let's focus on the New York teams because they're making statement wins each and every week. When are the markets going to catch up and will public perception follow suit? Let's start with the Giants. Another comeback victory in the fourth quarter. And, Lisey, don't look now, but the New York Giants are off to their best start since the 2008 campaign. They are 6-1 and one straight up. They have covered in all six of those wins, five of them outright as an underdog, including this past Sunday, Joe, in Jackson against the Jags. We talked about this stinky old line all week long. Big Blue booked as a three-point dog. The market begging you to take the Giants because of how good they had been this year against the Jacksonville team that was below 500. Well, 
It worked yet again if you backed the New York Giants. They went outright as an underdog, Joe, coming back in the fourth quarter again, 23-17 over Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it, right? And we talked about how the Giants' defense forces turnovers and forces short fields for for their quarterback, Daniel Jones, and puts them in a position to win. They did it again yesterday, right? At the end of the day, Jacksonville going in for a touchdown. They get the fumble in the end zone. That kills a drive and really gives momentum to the Giants' offense, right? The, The offensive line played well yesterday. And again, when they had to make plays, they found enough to do that. And that's a credit to the coaching staff. They believe they can win. The offensive line is protecting Daniel Jones. They're running the football consistently. And they're converting on third downs. And again, Wink Martindale had a fantastic defensive game plan in the second half. They make adjustments better than anybody right now. And you know what? They're going to they're gonna potentially hit their, their preseason win total this weekend against Seattle. It is incredible to think about the yeah. job that the coaching staff has done up until this point. And they're booked as an underdog yet again in the Pacific Northwest against the Seahawks, who have also been booked as an underdog often, Joe. And Seattle wins outright as well yesterday on the road in Los Angeles against the Chargers, 37-23. So, Joe, we're not just seeing underdogs cover numbers. We're not just seeing underdogs pull out late-game victories by some magical way. We're seeing underdogs win outright in dominant fashion, including these Seattle Seahawks. Joe, I'll give you all the credit in the world here. You were a lot more optimistic about Pete Carroll and the Seahawks entering this season than I think maybe anybody else outside of the city of Seattle and maybe even more so than some Seahawks fans there Joe up in the Pacific Northwest the Seahawks now are four and three straight up all four of their victories outright as an underdog including a four and a half point dog yesterday in Los Angeles and Joe the Seattle Seahawks after seven weeks of this NFL season are in first place in the NFC West how do they keep getting it done They just get it done by grinding you out. Now, it's not as pretty as the New York Giants. I will will say that. The Giants have done it more consistently because of the defense. I think the Giants' defense is a little bit better and a little bit more opportunistic. But you know what? Seattle in recent weeks has come on. I will say that they maybe are a product of the teams that they are playing, right? In terms of Detroit and what we see in terms of Arizona. But that offense moves the football. Kenneth Walker's taken over for Rashad Penny. The offensive line is is getting great uh, point of attack and physicality in terms of the run game. So as long as they can do that, they're going to... Again, I don't know if they're going to win the uh, the division, Ben. I'd be shocked yeah. at this point. Right. But I, I de- definitely think definitely they're going to be a 7-8 or a 9-win football team and maybe potentially knock down that wild card door. Uh, I think that's right. where they are right now and that would be a great job for, for Pete Carroll. This wasn't a major rebuild, and and you know what? They could turn their, their page to next season and build off this success. So that's where they're at right now. They're playing as good as anybody in their division, and I do yeah. and feel, I'll tell you this right now, I do feel they pick up the victory this weekend over the New York Giants. It will be interesting to see them as a favorite. They've been booked as a favorite twice this year, have not won either of those two games. But, Joe, what I will say about Seattle, you're right. 
they're still not expected to win the division. The Rams were off this week. They're 3-3. Three and three. They're only a half game back behind in the win column. And we'll get to the Niners in just a second. They're still plus 550, Joe, to win the division. The Niners are the favorites at plus 130. The Rams the second best price at plus 160. They have that third best number, does Seattle. It's going to be a competitive division because no team has run away with it just yet. But what a testament to this Seattle team from what was expected of them, Joe, even two weeks ago, entering week number five of this NFL season. The Seattle Seahawks were plus 1260 to make the playoffs. The reason I know that, Joe, is because entering that Thursday night football game between the Bears and the Commanders, those two teams had two of the three longest odds, but Seattle was still longer than that. Seattle is now plus 210 to make the postseason. Again, it's a lofty goal even to get there, even after seven weeks and being a game above 500. But that is how good the Seattle team has been relative to expectation. And their win total, Joe, was five and a half before the year got started. They seem like they are going to go well over that number and might be able to do that in the next two weeks. At least they're slightly favored to pick up another victory this week against those New York Giants. All right, another NFC West versus AFC West showdown yesterday, Joe. The Chiefs and the Niners. A lot of focus on San Francisco, and rightfully so, because the Niners bringing in Christian McCaffrey, making his first appearance and start even for the Niners at home yesterday in Santa Clara. And the line worked in favor of San Fran. They closed as only a point and a half dog when they were a two and a half point dog earlier in the week. But Joe, the Chiefs bounced back after that disappointing result in Arrowhead against Buffalo two Sundays ago. Kansas City makes a statement. They say, hey, we are still here, and we are still one of the best football teams in the entire league. 44-23 on the road in Santa Clara, Joe, putting up 44 points, putting up over 525 yards of total offense against one of the best defenses in all of the NFL. A statement indeed from Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. No, over 400 yards, and guess what? It wasn't Travis Kelsey this time, right? It was Valdez Scantling and Juju Smith-Schuster that stepped up, right? That's what you want to see. You don't want to see just him go to Travis Kelsey in a big spot. You want to see the new talent come on and be a benefit with Miko Hardeman and the other wide receivers for Kansas City. That's how they're lethal right now, and at the end of the day, they're going to be there with the Buffalo Bills in terms of the AFC, and Christian McCaffrey, even though he played in this ball game, wasn't the dynamic, explosive back that a lot of people thought in terms of just, you know, they'll be able to run all over Kansas City. I think San Francisco still is limited in what they can do from an offensive perspective because of the philosophy right now. And again, their defense got ripped apart by more explosive, speedy type of offense, and that's what Pat Mahomes does. He challenges any defense vertically over the top, and they win on the road as well as anybody in the the NFL, Ben. They're going to be there every step of the way. A really, really big win, and I was incredibly impressed, Joe, by what I saw out of Kansas City. Now, that is not to take away from San Francisco. I still think the Niners are going to factor into the NFC race for that conference championship, and we saw Christian McCaffrey yesterday, eight carries, 38 yards, a simplified package for him, also two grabs for 24 yards. There is going to be so much optimism for San Francisco, but if you are concerned about the Niners, 
it has to focus on Jimmy Garoppolo. And we saw that on display yesterday. He has so many offensive tools now, Joe. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, two of the most dynamic playmakers at their respective positions in all of the sport. You add in a healthy George Kittle, who had his best game of the year yesterday against the Chiefs. Brandon Ayuk, and all of the potential offensively. Joe, that's why San Francisco, the organization themselves, not just me saying this, wanted to turn the page to Trey Lance. Because although he was a second-year quarterback... And we certainly had some questions about him. The ceiling with Trey Lance at the helm of this Kyle Shanahan offense is to the nth degree higher than that of Jimmy Garoppolo. And if that is your concern for San Francisco, there was a couple of moments yesterday, Joe, especially late in that first half when Jimmy Garoppolo threw that interception in the closing seconds where you're like, oh, man, not good, not good whatsoever. No, not at all. And that's obviously going to be the Achilles heel of this team. In a big spot, can you trust Jimmy Garoppolo? We saw it last year in terms of the NFC Championship. We saw it a few years ago when they made it to the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. And you could put weapons around them, but it's something that you can't teach a quarterback. Either they have it in terms of crunch time or they don't. And as well as he's a winner, as much as he's a winner, when the game is on the line, and let's say it's in the two-minute offense, you would much rather have another quarterback under center than maybe potentially Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's really whether you gauge whether San Francisco is a Super Bowl contender or not. Again, they have the recipe to get there and the playmakers. Again, but they struggle when they are forced out of their game plan where they can't run the football and dictate tempo and they have to play from behind that is why that is a reason why I can't look at San Francisco as the best team in terms of the NFL they have great pieces but they're nowhere near like Buffalo or Kansas City right now and that's why I think they're a step under both of those teams and even a step maybe under uh, who who else maybe Minnesota right now because I think Minnesota has more explosiveness than them from an offensive perspective as much as Jimmy has those question marks I weirdly, Joe, I think I'm about to say crazy words. I weirdly trust Jimmy Garoppolo more in a playoff spot than Kirk Cousins because a lot of playoff games are played after the sun goes down. So I think in that way, I would look at Jimmy Garoppolo. And when you look at value now in the NFC, a lot of the teams that were front runners before the year, Joe, the Bucs were the favorites. The Niners were up there with a top four price. The Rams or the Packers were tied for the second best odds. Those teams are all now 7-1 to or greater. I think there's value on the Niners still. I think there's value in other spots. We'll round out our NFL thoughts before flipping it over to college football. Up next on FFC. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You just heard from Dak Prescott himself. We will discuss Dak and his return for the Dallas Cowboys yesterday. Live right here on Football Full Circle, all across the Sports Grid Radio Network. He's Joe Lisi. I'm Ben Stevens. So Joe, Dak himself said the right thumb on his throwing hand felt fine. He was 19 of 25 for 207 yards and a touchdown. And the Cowboys make quick work against the Detroit Lions, 24 to 6. Dallas covering as a seven-point home favorite. And Joe, a total against the worst score defense in the National Football League somehow at 49 and a half does stay under because the Cowboys defense is very very good limiting the Lions to just six points Joe what did you see out of Dak Prescott in his return well I mean he started a little erratic missed some throws early on but then came on in the second half and that's what you wanted to see right he shook off the ring rust and located his wide receivers led the Dallas Cowboys on some scoring drives in the second half he had his confidence and by the end of the game I think he's prepped and ready for the, for the rest of the regular season I didn't see any ill you know uh, concerns about the thumb or the or the throwing motion I mean he had zip on the ball and at the end of the day I think he's just fine heading into to week number eight. I was very happy with the play of Dallas for his front seven. Shut down Jared Goff. They trailed 6-3 in the first half of the matchup. They got some big uh, kickoff returns and punt returns in terms of the the, uh, the uh, specials. And at the end of the day, a yeah. gutty win. 18 points. They get the cover. A lot of people thought that this would be an over because of Detroit being able to move the football. But that's a testament to what Dan Quinn has done with that secondary and the defensive adjustments and I'll tell you what, from a defensive perspective, you got to feel it's Dallas, then New York, then Philly in terms of how I would rank the, the defenses right now, right here into week number eight. The Philly fans might might jump all over me. I'm just I'm yeah, ranking right. the defenses now the way we're playing here through through seven, eight, uh, eight weeks of the season. Huh. I would give the edge to Philadelphia. And their defense over New York. Yeah, I would. I think Philly's defense has really, really stepped up since that opening week against the Detroit Lions. I think that secondary is fantastic, led by Darius Slay. I think they have a lot of tools back there, and I think the front seven is getting a lot better as well. I would give the edge to Philly over New York, but I think it's pretty hard to make the argument that Dallas is not a top one or two defense in not just the NFC East, Joe, but all of the National Football League, frankly, at this point with how well they are playing. They take the football away with guys like Trayvon Diggs. They get to the quarterback with guys like Tank Lawrence and, of course, Michael Parsons who continues to make plays all over the field. So I'll give the edge to Dallas in terms of the defense in the division, Joe, but I think Philly is slightly better than that of New York on the defensive side of the football. Not taking anything away from the Giants. They are also very good, but that's why these three teams, Joe, the Birds unbeaten, they had the bye. They are a perfect 6-0. and Then you have the Dallas Cowboys at 5-2, and the Giants at 6-1, and and even teams like the Commanders pulling off upsets yesterday against the Green Bay Packers. The Eagles still a minus 370 favorite, though, to win the NFC East. Let's go to the AFC South quickly here, Joe, because a fascinating game in Nashville. Tennessee beats the Colts 19-10. 
It was a huge win for the Titans because they sweep the season series already against Indianapolis. The Colts were booked as the preseason favorites to win the division, entered this game as the divisional favorites as well, despite being a two-and-a-half-point underdog on the road in Tennessee. And the Titans, Joe, have swept the Colts. The Titans, Joe, are in that prime position now in first place in the standings and a minus-115 odds-on favorite to win the AFC South. And the reason Sunday's result was so significant, Joe, the Colts have played five of their six divisional games so far. And they're one, three, and one. The only win they have is over the Jacksonville Jaguars at home two weeks ago. So if the Colts want to win the division, they need to perform very well outside of the AFC South because the divisional tiebreakers, Joe, are all going to go to the Tennessee Titans. Right, and Jonathan Taylor was back, right? They only gave him the rock 10 times yesterday for 58 yards. What does that say about Frank Reich and the ability to have an identity from an offensive perspective? Because, I mean, they have an aging quarterback in Matt Ryan performing um, adequately and above average right now, but he can't carry this offense. They are not built to throw the football like Tom Brady with those wide receivers or like any other team for that matter, like Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen in the AFC. I mean, let's be honest. Their offensive philosophy is having success with the running game in Jonathan Taylor and then being able to work off a play action. They're going completely the opposite. So they're not going to win many games going forward if they continue that type of approach because they're not built that way. Outside of Pittman, they don't have an elite wide receiver. So... Uh, Again, I've been selling Indianapolis from the start of the year. I still think the best team is Tennessee in the division. I think they win it. But right here, right now, they better change it up because if Jonathan Taylor is not a main component of that, of that offense, they're not even going to get excuse me get over 500, Ben. They're just not going to do it. And the Colts are not built to win the way that they were trying to win yesterday. They were down 13 nothing at the break. That's a negative game script that does not work well for Indianapolis. Although, Joe, it does leave to Matt Ryan throwing the football a ton. And he has thrown the ball a ton this year. 58 times two weeks ago against Jacksonville. 44 yesterday. His passing attempts prop was my favorite bet of the weekend. It was 34 and a half. It was actually lower than I estimated estimated it to be when we talked about it on Friday and he went well over that number early in the third quarter absolutely love that and you could keep looking for profitability on Matt Ryan at least in that regard quickly here Joe in the AFC North the Ravens hold on at home yesterday to get a 23-20 victory over the Cleveland Browns it wasn't necessarily pretty for Baltimore but they did They did get a victory. They did not cover as a a six-and-a-half-point home favorite, Joe. This Baltimore team is a little bit interesting to figure out. They're 4-3 this year. They haven't been overly impressive in a couple of their wins. They've covered in just two of the four, not covering yesterday. And their three losses, Joe, they led in those three games by at least double digits in all three. So what do you surmise about the Baltimore Ravens following their victory yesterday against Cleveland? Very inconsistent. I mean, you never know what you're going to get, right? It's one week up, one week down. One week up, one week down. So this week they were better, and I think that's more of a concern about Baltimore. uh, Excuse me, not Baltimore. Cleveland's defense yesterday because, again, they failed to step up and shut down the offensive rushing attack of the Ravens in that ballgame. Granted, they they win, and they made uh, enough plays against Jacoby Brissett. I watched that game in the second half. But at the end of the day, I just don't get the feeling 
feeling that Baltimore is an elite team in the AFC. Do you? They still make this. They still make poor decisions. I, I outside of Mark Andrews again. If the game is on the line with Lamar Jackson and he's you know forced to come from behind, do you have confidence in that passing game that they could definitely go down the field in a two-minute drill? Maybe if Lamar breaks a big run. But outside of Andrews, there's again it it, it changes week to week. He goes to Andrews 80% of the time. I need to see other wide receivers step up. I know Bateman's been hurt, but until they change that, it was a good win. They didn't get the cover, and at the end of the day, I still don't think they're an elite football team. I just don't. I think there is a very clear tier right now, Joe, in terms of the AFC. I really think Baltimore, or not Baltimore, excuse me, Buffalo and Kansas City are neck and neck. I really do. I think Kansas City and, Balt- and Buffalo are still neck and neck despite the Bills winning on the road in Arrowhead two weekends ago. I think Kansas City will be there all year long. And the Chiefs right now, a greater than $4 favorite to win the AFC West. They were plus money before the year. Still never made sense to me for a team that had won the division six straight seasons and seems very well on pace to win it for a seventh consecutive year. But I think that is the distinction in the AFC, Joe. I think Kansas City is closer to Buffalo than the rest of the field is closer to those two teams. Quickly here, Joe, on the AFC West, we talked about the Giants. The Jets also continue to win, booked as an underdog. But yesterday, finally a favorite because Brett Rippon had to make the start for Denver instead of Russell Wilson out for that game because of a hamstring injury. Rippon wasn't great. The Jets' offense wasn't really great either. But the Jets' defense, Joe, under Robert Sala, continues to pitch great great games they win 13 to 6 and cover on the road against Denver but a bit of bad news Joe Brees Hall who was off to a fantastic start in his career his rookie season out of Iowa State and off to a great start yesterday against the Broncos seemed to to have injured his knee and they fear it is the worst a torn ACL that might keep him out the rest of the season yeah, I mean, uh, you know, very tough for Brees Hall. He was coming on in recent weeks, did, did rush for over 300 yards and three touchdowns heading into that ball game. But again, you know, Denver outgained uh, the New York Jets 324 to 260, and that's another testament to Robert Salah and the defensive adjustments that they made against Brett Ripon. And they shut down the rushing attack in the second half. They made them one dimensional. And, and again, when you can run the football on the road, you play a bend but don't break type of defense, you're going to be in ball games. They don't commit a lot of penalties, and at the end of the day, Zach Wilson made enough plays to put his team in a position to win. When you jump out early on the road, it's very difficult for a backup quarterback to play from behind, especially when he have limited firepower, and this is more about Nathaniel Hackett, too. I mean, he came to Denver as an offensive mind. He was supposed to cultivate and coach this team up from where Vic Fangio was last year. He has done a terrible job with or without Russell Wilson right now and I'll tell you what, Denver's not going to the playoffs. Guaranteed they're not going to the playoffs because they have no identity offensively right now heading into week number 8. Absolutely no identity whatsoever. And we'll see if Russell Wilson is back. It is a bad, disastrous type of year for the Denver Broncos, who now, Joe, apparently are listening to trade deals and anything that might come for young stars on their team like Jerry Judy or K.J. Hamler or even some players on the defensive side of the football. What a difference a couple of weeks in the NFL can make once game action already starts, Joe, from offseason optimism to what actually happens on the gridiron. All right, let's turn our attention to Carl 
college football. We've got a couple more minutes in this segment and a couple more minutes, Joe, before we round out the show. Two really big games this weekend, I think, in college football. And we saw the Oregon Ducks, Joe, absolutely dazzle in Eugene, inside Austin Stadium, in a huge matchup in a top-10 tilt against UCLA. Bo Nix was sensational, over 280 yards throwing, five touchdowns, used his legs as well. Oregon ran for more than 230 yards against UCLA. And the Ducks, Joe, win outright 45-30, to covering as a 6.5-point, 7-point at home. It was a statement victory for the Oregon Ducks in the Pac-12. Oh, it was. A great win by Dan Landing, and he took some chances with the onside kick, right? Stole a possession to really go up by 18 points at the half, but but this was more about Bo Nix. I mean, he looks like a more confident quarterback. Kenny Dillingham, the offensive coordinator, has put him in a position to make plays according to his strengths and not his weaknesses. They're not trying to force the square peg into the round hole and make him do things that he's not good at, and that's a testament to the offensive line. I think they've only allowed maybe one or two sacks over the last couple of weeks. Three, four weeks maybe. They've only allowed maybe six sacks all year. That offensive line paved the way and you know what? They're playing as well as anybody in the Pac-12 and in the country right now. The Ducks were the favorites to win the conference entering that matchup against UCLA, and now Oregon has the best number to win the national championship out of teams from the Pac-12, even surpassing USC in that market. But the Ducks still the seventh best price overall at 40-1. to Oregon has won six straight games since that clunker to start off the year against Georgia. We'll have a couple more college football thoughts to round out the show up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. A few more minutes left right here on Football Full Circle. Just a couple more minutes to offer some thoughts on what happened this weekend in college football. Now, Lisa, you know where my heart was on Saturday afternoon. It was in Clemson, South Carolina, cheering on my orange, number 14 in the country at the time, taking on number 5 Clemson, the only unbeaten battle we had all of week number 8 in CFB. And Syracuse's defense played an absolutely perfect game. They forced four turnovers. They took two of them back to the house. They led 21-10 to at the halftime break in Death Valley. But the offense never scored again. There were no more points put up by Syracuse in the second half. And Clemson rallies for a 27-21 victory, Joe. 
It ripped my heart out to see Robert and I forget that he has one of the best running backs in the conference in Sean Tucker on his team. But Clemson prevails, Joe, and remains perfect this year, an undefeated 8-0 record now. Yeah, and it was uh, two questionable calls or no calls that really changed the momentum of that ball game, right? The personal foul uh, roughing the quarterback penalty on DJU, or Kate Klubnick when he went out of bounds, and then obviously the no call on straight or late in the second half, right? So that really changed the complexity of the ball game. but at the end of the day, Syracuse still was in a position to pull that ball game out. They could not do it, and that was a testament to obviously the Clemson Tiger defense that did make adjustments. It, very good game by Syracuse, right? They had lost four straight heading into that matchup, but they're 6-1 and one right now. They can regroup, win out, and maybe be an 11-win football team the rest of the way, and Dino Babers might go to a New Year's Six Bowl. You just never know, Ben. We'll see how it plays out in the second half of the season. Syracuse does host Notre Dame this upcoming Saturday. They're a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and Syracuse did cover as a 14-and-a-half-point underdog in Clemson against those Tigers. Joe Lisi, wonderful stuff as always, my man. We will be back tomorrow on Football Full Circle, live right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Thank you for joining us on FFC. We will see you tomorrow, but keep it locked right here. The Money Line with Donnie Wrightside and Kevin Walsh is up next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.